This is episode 183 of the Beyond the Food show, and today is chapter two of She's Beyond the Food. And I'm sharing my journey with exercise. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Going to Beyond the Food show. I'm Stephanie Dozier, clinical nutritionist and emotional eating expert, creator of the Going to Beyond the Food method and founder of the Going to Beyond the Food Academy. Corporate executive turned health expert with my own journey with weight, body image, and food. It's now my mission to help smart, successful women like you live confidently right now and unconditionally. Ready, sister? Let's do this. Hello, sisters. How are you doing? This is Stephanie. And today we're going to talk about what many of us and what I even quote as my struggle with exercise for years, four years since the age of probably eight or nine years old, I have described myself as lazy when it came to exercise and all wrapped in the feeling of hopelessness. I have had Many, 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 many ups and down. Is that you? That's what we're going to talk about today. And I'm recording this episode and I'm feeling anxiety a little bit. As I shared with you in the first She's Beyond the Food a couple of episodes ago, this is new to me to journal my life in a podcast here, but the feedback you sent me, the feedback that I heard from you with my student, with my clients, with social media has been amazing yet shocking. Shocking because my imperfection is what you love. And most than that, more than that, should I say, you thought that I was perfect. I cannot tell you how many comments I got for She's Beyond the Food episode one that people said, I thought you had it all figured out. Oh my God, how much of a disservice was I doing to you, the listener, my student, my client, by giving you the picture that I had had it, it all figured out? That was a huge disservice. At the same time, a very uncomfortable place to be. So I'm going to go on to this second chapter here, sharing to you what no one talks about, which is the relationship with exercise. But more than that, I'm going to share with you how I came to realize that there was nothing lazy about me, that I wasn't hopeless when it came to exercise, there was a very simple explanation as to why I was struggling with exercise. And I'm going to share it with you. Stay tuned. But a quick update now about the Going to Beyond the Food community. We have, as of Tuesday, opened our door for registration for the spring cohort of the Academy. The registration is open now until April the 26th. If you're part of my community, you've received an email from us on April the 9th, 
with your $100 coupon off in your email. If you have not received it, just email us at info at stephaniedozier.com. We'll validate that you're part of our community. And being part of our community is simply being registered on our community lists, which means you're receiving emails from us, you're receiving offer like this one from us. So if you've picked up any of our freebies, or you are any of our students, you're automatically part of our community. So that coupon should be in your inbox. And I'm hoping to be of service to you in this spring edition of the Going to Be on the Food Academy, our signature coaching program. So She's Beyond the Food, Chapter 2. We're going to talk about why no pain, no gain exercise is actually more detrimental than beneficial. Why my trauma around exercise caused me to not want to exercise. Now, when I say trauma, you got to listen to the rest of the show because I bet you what I think and say about trauma is not what you think and what you say that is trauma in your life. You'll be very surprised, and I bet you, just like me, you have trauma around exercise. I'll also share with you why I never call exercise, exercise in any of my program. There's a very good explanation for that, and how you can shift into a more enjoyable, love-based relationship with movement. Are you ready, ladies? Let's do this. So to do this, I have to bring you back, way back in my life. At first, in this podcast, I shared with you how I describe myself as lazy around exercise, how I felt hopeless with exercise, and how I was suffering. I was suffering for not being able to be like what everybody else was putting out there when it came to exercise. Easy, fun, natural, no pain. It's easy. And and life becomes better when you exercise. I'm like, what the heff is wrong with me? Why can I not just be like everyone else. I couldn't understand it. And not being able to understand led me to beat myself up, led me to sabotage myself. If if you've taken any program with me, you know that the core of self-sabotaging is an act of fear, is an act of you being afraid of moving into the next level of your life and you retrieve back and you self-sabotage. I wasn't willing to go to that next level of my relationship with exercise because of something that I'm going to share with you. Therefore, I was sabotaging myself back into this zone that I determined to be lazy, broken, and hopeless. Is that you? Do you describe yourself as lazy? Do you feel frustrated that you cannot have this natural relationship with exercise? And for me, it started way back when I was six years old. And I'll share that story with you in just a second here. But that belief about myself 
that laziness, that hopelessness, that brokenness started at six, literally at six years old and continue up to about 38, 39 years old. And the only way that it shifted and changed and I'm no longer there is because someone came into my life. And I referred to this before many times, right? People came into your life to teach you something. And that teacher came into my life. Her name is Irene Lyon. She's a nervous system specialist. She came into my life not under the intention of changing my relationship to exercise, not at all. When I discovered Irene, I was actually doing research about adrenal fatigue, scientific research about root cause of adrenal fatigue and what also is called HPA dysregulation if you come from the world of functional medicine. And she changed my life. So let me share that with you. But first, I want to take you way, way, way back to the age of six years old when I first encountered exercise, sports, and movement, though I didn't call it movement back then because that wasn't cool, right? Back in the 70s, well, let's say the 80s and the 90s, it was about exercise, it was about doing sports, and very young in my life, at the age of six, as soon as we started grade school, our family enrolled us in some type of competitive sports. You had to choose children in my family had to choose the sports that they were going to practice, that they were going to compete in. And I started at six. I started with swimming and then went on to other sports. And it didn't stop until I actually, at the age of 13, had to have a surgery. So from the age of six to 13, I competed in some kind of a sport and then I had the surgery and then it stopped. From the age of 13 to 25, pleasantly, I didn't have to exercise because I had hip and back problem and knee problem. And I literally didn't do any dedicated exercise or movement or sport at all to the age of 28. And the only reason why at 28, I went back exercising wasn't because I loved it. It wasn't because I desired to. It was simply because I wanted to lose weight. If you've done my workshop, so you want to lose weight, you know that because I go through my entire timeline of weight loss, 25 years of it. Thank you very much. But at 28, I went back to dieting and dieting wasn't enough and working anymore, just food, I had to engage into exercise to burn more calories. Sound familiar? So I actually enrolled in something called Curves. Some of you may know, I don't know if it was an international company, I don't even know if they still exist. Curve was this revolutionizing idea of making women move but in a very efficient manner. So it was only about 20 minute workout. It was what we now know as hip workout. It was a little gym, only women accepted there because I had huge body shaming issue. I didn't want to be in a regular gym. So curve was the perfect fit for me. Just women, 20 minutes in and out because I hated 
not a, not is the right word. I hated moving, but I went there because I wanted to lose weight. And I exercise because I wanted to lose weight. And that continued from 28 to 38. The only reason why I engaged with exercise was to lose weight. And every time I would lose weight because it would work, restrict my calorie, eat low fat, bacon based in the 90s, exercise, lose weight. But because I didn't love it, as soon as I achieved my goal weight, I would stop exercising. I would go back to my old eating behavior and then gain the weight back. And then two years later, go back in the next diet, go back to exercise. And the cycle went on like this for nearly 10 years with always the underlying self-talk of why is it so easy for Heather to be consistent with exercise and not for me? If only I could, if only I could exercise and control food, I would be okay. What the fuck is wrong with me? Sorry for the language, but that really what was going on in my head. And then the cycle of self-sabotage and all that stuff would came in. And that was repeated constantly, like monthly in my head. The thing is, when you live in a world that is focused on relationship with the external world, right? How you engage with the external world and you look outside of yourself to confirm your acceptability, to confirm your worth. And you can't behave like that world that you so look for to be accepted and to find your worth in, shame comes along and plays with you. Because you believe that the external world has the solution for you and you can't do what the external world tell you to do to be acceptable, shame arise into you and takes over your life. And shame is where self-sabotaging comes in and it's where self-destructing behavior comes in. Now, when I say the world, what is a great part as women of the world is diet culture right? That belief that thinness is happiness, that thinness is health, that thinness is how you're going to prove to the world that you're worthy. And diet culture engages in, to make that happen, willpower, right? That's the whole model of dieting, right? get your willpower on, you're going to restrict, you're going to work out more, you're going to lose weight, and you're going to finally be accepted by our world that we put in magazine everywhere. Therefore, you're going to be worthy. But even when you get all of that straight, like I did so many times, you still don't feel worthy, right? Hence why you go back into the cycle again, because you're like, what the hell? I've done all of this and I don't still feel happy and worthy. And then the self-destructing behavior, that's the whole diet cycle, right? Which is built on this diet culture. And that reinforces your brokenness, right? And that makes you feel ashamed. 
And you carry that, that sense of shame, that sense of brokenness, way beyond food and exercise. Because you feel unworthy, because you feel broken in exercise and food, which in your world means everything, you also feel broken in your relationship with your partner. You also feel unworthy at work, so you work harder. The partner world is often not so good relationship. I don't have kids, but with kids, it's the same thing, right? You're working desperately trying to get their approval. So you're making them a priority in your life. That's what I see all the time. So this feeling of shame of brokenness gives a tone to your entire life. And that's how exercise, the no pain, no gain mindset of this diet culture, exercise and fitness has impact way beyond food and exercise for all of us. Now, this mindset carried for me with this wide impact up to the age of 36. And at the age of 36, for those who know my story, if you haven't, Podcast 101, my body crashed. I literally collapse on stage while I was doing a public speaking engagement for the company that I was working on at the time. And I'll save you the whole story, but crash hospital, want to find a solution into the world of natural health and wellness. I hired a health coach, a personal trainer, because I knew I was broken when it comes to exercise. And I knew that to be healthy, I needed to lose weight fact is not true, but at the time, that's what I believe. So I paid for the accountability to exercise with someone because I knew I wouldn't otherwise. And it worked like it did all the other time before I lost weight. But I also fell into a quote, addiction to exercise very deeply. I fell into the world of bodybuilding. I fell into the world of endurance sports. And I worked my body six days a week, up to twice a day, trying to achieve and going into a fitness competition, which I ended up never doing, and then spinning for my endurance sports. And I was just nonstop in exercise. But what was really driving it was the desire to prove myself to this external world that I could be an athlete, right? And also that I could have a fit, lean, six-pack type of body. And because things weren't heading easily in that direction, then I kept working harder and harder and picked on more and more different sport in hope that I would give me that body that would validate me in this external world. And through that happening, I was also studying to become a nutritionist. And food got more complicated alongside to exercise got on more complicated. I went from paleo to keto to intermittent fasting to high level of ketosis to detoxing like my food behavior alongside to my exercise behavior escalated to the point where I had addictive behavior and exercise and I was 
having an eating disorder pattern when it came to food with binging. And because I was binging, then I needed to work out more again to burn even more calorie to offset what I was binging on. It was a nasty cycle and my body was once more breaking down. I had so much pain, physical pain in my joint and my body. Got to remember for those who don't know, I have a scoliosis in my lower back between three vertebrae. I've got a, a curvature and to sustain myself to exercise that much, I was at the osteopath twice a week. I was at the chiropractor once to twice a week. I was soaking my lower body in Epsom salt every single night. And I ended up having to use over-the-counter medicine, Advil and Robaxacet, to keep pushing myself to that level until I crashed again. Until I went and did some testing on adrenal fatigue because I couldn't figure out why I had so little energy yet was eating so perfectly and working out so much. And then I realized that I had severe adrenal fatigue. I had pushed myself into, there's four states of HPA dysregulation, aka adrenal fatigue. And I was at the end of the third stage. The next one was the hospital. And again, working with the coach, hired somebody to help me with that. And the solution was to stop all exercise. That was hard. Like, I can't express how much negative self-talk went into my head because my only way of validating myself and my worth was in exercise and the external world. And, and then all of a sudden, all of that was taken away. I know, I knew I had to do it, but it wasn't easy. And to help me understand why it was so difficult, I was doing research and that's how I met Irene. Now, I want to say something here. When you're challenged in your life, there's two ways that you can react to that. You can react to being challenged into feeling that you're the victim of this challenge, or you can react in an empowered way into trying to find a solution, trying to find explanation, trying, trying, trying to seek a solution. Now, I have to say that I've always been in that second class of people, right? When a challenge comes in front of me, I'm like, okay, let's figure this out. That doesn't mean it's going to feel good. That doesn't mean I'm not going to cry. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to struggle. I'm not going to suffer, but I'm going to take an empowered view on this. I'm going to try to figure this shit out, right? So I guess you're either in one of those two. I'm into that other portion. So I was doing research to try to find a solution on my suffering around addiction and food behavior. And that's when I meet Irene. So full loop back to the beginning of the episode here. Irene Lyon is a nervous system specialist and she works around trauma healing. And one of the things that I learned from Irene that I'm going to share with you here right now is around the definition of trauma. And she has a very simple quote and it goes like this. Trauma 
is in the nervous system, not in the event. Trauma is not necessarily sexual abuse, physical abuse, world war, aggressive behavior against you. Yes, that's trauma, but that's not it. All of it anyway. Trauma is how your nervous system reacts to an event. And this is very well explained with PTSD. For example, in the field of soldiers that goes to wars or that goes to a place where they are being soldiers and they're being faced with war event, lack of better term, some soldiers are presented with that event and they come back home post the event and life continue. And then another group of soldier will react and come back home with post-traumatic syndrome, PTSD, in their life. Both face the same event, but reacted differently. Why? Why? Nervous system. Their nervous system encoded the event differently multitude of reasons why that happened. You would have to study with Irene to understand all of it. But through her work, I was seeking to understand why I wasn't able to have a quote, normal relationship to exercise and food. And that principle led me to realize the reason why I was behaving with exercise the way that I do. And sisters, listen very carefully here. I finally understood why I was beating myself into a behavior I wanted to have instead of understanding my innate wisdom around this behavior that I wanted to have. I wasn't tapped in to my body to listen why my innate wisdom, my innate spirit, my soul was driving me to not exercise. But instead, I was having to beat myself into this. Understanding why you have to beat yourself into a behavior is essential. Because when you don't, It's a kind of an infinite loop into your head that you're going to keep repeating that cycle in your life. So she helped me through her work understand why my innate body wisdom was driving me to not exercise. And this is where I'm going to share another segment of my life here. My innate body wisdom was driving me to avoid exercise because for me, exercise was dangerous. For me, exercise was shameful. For me, exercise was painful, emotionally painful. You see, when I told you that in my family model, we needed to pick a competitive sport at the age of six, it was done with the best intention. However, for me as a very sensitive child, that led me to a lot of pain because the way we engage with exercise as children was meant to teach us discipline. It was meant to teach us self-motivation. So when we would go for a practice swimming, for an example, 
one of my parents would stay and watch me exercise and then would come home at night and tell me why I didn't exercise hard enough, why I didn't train hard enough, why did I talk so much with my little friend during the training? I was supposed to be there to train. There was a lot and lots of discussion around why I wasn't working hard enough when it came to sports and why ultimately I wasn't performing because again, the exercise was thought to teach us to want to be better and want to be number one in everything we do. So therefore, when I would go to a competition and not have the gold medal or the silver medal or a medal at all, that was as a failure. It was perceived as an absolute failure. Therefore, there was a lot of shaming around it that went on. Now, I want to say that my parents are loving. I still have a great relationship with them, but they did this not knowing the repercussion that that would have on us as children. And that went on from the age of six to right to the age of 12 when I was diagnosed with hips and knee problem. And in some way, when I reflect back, I know that I was seeking a way out of sport because it was so emotionally draining and painful to me to always be not good enough that I think I created that pain to get me out of having to train and do sports. I remember an incident in sixth grade, I don't know, probably around the age of eight or nine years old, where we had to do a field trip with school to go skiing. And as with any other sports, my performance and my coordination was never great. So therefore, I wasn't a star at skiing neither. I was just average. And in my head, being average was not acceptable. That was something to be ashamed of. Therefore, I didn't want to go on the school trip. And I remember, I have memories of me faking being sick. So I didn't have to go on that ski trip. Like I have flashback of that. And I want to say to you, for all of you that are mother, if you catch, quote, your children doing that, it's not that they're trying to manipulate you. They're in a state of fear about what they're trying to avoid, and they don't know how to cope with it. And that's what was happening to me. I was so afraid of anything to do with exercise and sport, didn't know how to get myself out of it, that I fake illness and sickness to literally get out of it. That was trauma. I was well fed. I was never abused. None of that ever happened to me, yet my nervous system registered that whole relationship to exercise as traumatic. And then I carried on later on in my life, not from having my caregiver, quote, traumatizing me around exercise, but I did it with weight loss. I traumatized myself. I suffered through exercise as a way of losing weight. And that, again, is trauma. So for all of you ladies who've ever used and abused exercise to lose weight, and when you're not in a weight loss situation, you are struggling to exercise, 
you're likely, just like me, your nervous system is seeing exercise as something not good. And it's creating the behavior of new you not wanting to exercise. You're not lazy. You simply have a dysregulated association between exercise and your nervous system. That was revolutionary for me. And I finally was able to heal myself. 33 years of exercise shaming, I now had the solution on how to repair it. And what's that solution? What's the antidote to shame? Shame resolution work is possible. And it's when we are actually developing compassion for the reason as to why we now have trauma around a relationship or food in our life, for example, food, exercise, or relationship, we have to develop compassion. And very often, those of us who have shame in our nervous system and our body that drive this innate behavior are very good at giving compassion to others, which I was awesome at. But turning around and giving ourselves compassion feels so insurmountable. And at first I struggled with that because I didn't have all the tools in my toolbox to cope with yet more shame of being compassionate with myself. You see? So here's the next step. Yes, we need to have compassion, but we also need to create a neutral space around exercise. So for me, I had to separate exercise from weight loss. I had to move my relationship to exercise from fear, fear of gaining weight, fear of not losing weight to a place of love towards my body. Because yes, the human body needs to move. The human body is not meant to sit and lay all day long. And when it doesn't move, the human body suffer. That doesn't mean we need to exercise six days a week for 45 minutes a day. That is not what the human body needs. The human body needs to move. And to help myself with that, I psychologically stopped using the word exercise. And instead, I use the word movement. And I use the word movement and reframe my relationship to movement to be a time of me being in my body, to be a time of me connecting to my body, to be a time of me supporting my structural body, supporting with movement my scoliosis, my back structural issue that I have. I use movement to become a partner to my body. Today, when I move, I ask myself and to my body, what would you like today? What would be good for us today? And I use my relationship to movement to age gracefully. 
You see the difference between weight loss and fear-based relationship to love relationship. So shame meet compassion, create a neutral environment, and move into a relationship, a partnership with your body. So for me now, over the last three to four years, I moved into a zone of having fun when I exercise. I only do movement that I love. Right now, what I love is yoga. Right now, what I love is hiking. Right now, what I love is walking in nature early in the morning and hearing the birds. Movement that brings me joy and I support my body based on my structural situation in my body. So exercise that don't create pain. Now, that doesn't mean that it's consistent every day. That doesn't mean that I exercise three to five times a week for half an hour every morning. Heck no. Because healing trauma requires compassion. It requires rewiring literally rewiring your subconscious mind, rewiring your nervous system. And this is where mindfulness, breathing, meditation comes in, right? All the tools that I learned that we now teach in the academy so you can practice compassion into where you have suffered a lot, that it is exercise, body image, or food, you need tools to be compassionate for yourself. And the reason why we struggle so the heck much to be compassionate towards ourselves is because we don't have those tools. I was never taught to meditate. I was never taught the importance of mastering my self-talk. And even when I was told to master my self-talk, I was never taught how to do it. I was never thought to acknowledge my story of my life, of my relationship with exercise way in the back. Like all these things weren't in my toolbox. Therefore, I was repeating vicious circle and pain cycle constantly. So today, there's mornings where I wake up and I don't want to exercise. There's Heck, there's months that I go without doing anything. Well, I walk to get from point A to point B, but there's sometimes three months at a time where I'm like, I don't want to do it, but I don't force myself into it, right? I practice my toolbox. I practice acceptance and compassion towards myself. And then it comes back up and it arises that I want to do it. And I want to do it because I like it because I love it. So it's not a consistent, perfect situation even now, three to four years in. But the time that I do it, I truly enjoy it. And the length of time that I'm able to be consistent gets longer and longer and longer as the healing occur. So... That was my journey with exercise. What's yours? So here's a quick recap of how you can start healing your relationship with exercise. First of all, understand your story 
around exercise, often linked around dieting. Create a neutral space around exercise. Learn to understand your emotion, your body wisdom. Have patience with yourself. Have compassion with yourself. Stop judging yourself. Create a relationship between you and your body. Shift your thinking from I'm broken to everything is possible for me. That's what we do in the going to beyond the food method because that's my journey. I teach how I'm healing myself on a day-to-day basis. And that's why we don't talk about exercise because the women in our programs are chronic dieter who have all used exercise at some point to punish themselves into weight loss. So my advice to you is this, shift from exercise to movement today, and you're going to see a huge decline in suffering around exercise. So that was it, ladies. Chapter two of She's Beyond the Food. I am encouraging you to sit down with your journal tonight and do this quick intuitive writing exercise. Do I exercise from a place of love or fear? Write that at the top of your page of your journal. And then take a deep breath, close your eyes, connect with your heart, and then start writing what comes up into your mind. Do I exercise from a place of love or fear? Get to know your own relationship with exercise. It was a pleasure being with you today. We are currently seeking question for a brand new episode, a Q&A that we're going to do every two months, where we're going to take questions from the podcast audience. So you can go to the show notes, stephaniedoze.com slash 183 and submit your question. And it can be question around exercise. It can be question about anything you would like. And we're going to do one show. And in a rapid fire way, I am going to answer your question. So go to the show note and submit your question or use the link in the show note as well. I hope this episode will be able to serve you. I'd like to hear from you on social media or on Facebook, on Instagram, and share with me your thoughts if you have a similar journey with exercise and if this podcast has helped you. And if you think that our approach would be of help to you, hope to see you in the spring court of the Academy. I love you, sister. Looking forward to hang out with you on the next episode. 